The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. to be inspired, informed, motivated, and recharged on radio's favorite power hour, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Every day is a stellar day on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Let's get this party started. Cynthia will be back to kick it all off after this break. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com. CynthiaBryan.com. You can be the star you are. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll free at 1 866 613 1612. That's 1 866 613 1612. Or send an email to info at be the star you are.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Well, welcome to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And today we have a really great show. We're going to be talking about intolerance, then we're going to be in the backyard, and then talking about the book, Dirt is Good for You. Well, millions of innocent people around the world and throughout history have been slaughtered because of intolerance, because of prejudice, because of superstitions, and because of discrimination. Heather and I have been talking about uh, how we can accept, how we can develop more acceptance, and why are humans so intolerant, and why do we do horrid things to one another. So we're going to talk today a little bit about uh, something that many people don't even know about, which is albinoism. 
as well as what happens when bullies prey on the weak. Heather, uh, let's talk, start by talking about the albinoism. I know we were watching a TV special not too long ago, and both of us were completely shocked that this was going on, uh, this kind of a slaughterhouse that was exactly. going on in Africa. It was, it was something that made, uh, almost gave me this sense that how have I been so ignorant, how have I been so unaware that this was even an issue going on in the world. It was a 2020 special, and it was talking about in Tanzania, um, there's actually, they've had to set up refuges in almost like little small towns to protect these people. Uh, there's over, I believe it said, 170,000 um, albinos. No, there's 100, yeah, 170,000 albinos in Tanzania alone. Um, for whatever reason, you know, it's, it's just simply a, a skin uh, deformation that these people are born without a, a particular gene that causes them to have, you know, extremely white skin, uh, often causes blindness. These people, you know, they... When they go into the sun, their skin blisters up, and this horrid thing um, that, you know, as again, we and here in America, we, we see people, but we never really think of it as being a horrific issue. And there um, in Tanzania, uh, they still, in their culture, you know, it's still as, as far up, you know, and as wonderful as they're becoming, there's still a lot of ancient, archaic, and unhealthy and, and very dangerous practices. And a lot of people still rely on witch doctors. And for whatever reason, you know, as, as we uh, our our mindset of things have changed, as we've learned things in history, how you know we used to believe certain people had magical powers. Well, they still do believe that. Half the people seem to believe that albinos are you know cursed, and that it's you know it almost like a black cat that if the uh, albino crosses your path, you know it's bad luck for you. Well, I think they're, like they're considered the devil, whereas so often in the animal kingdom, when you have like an albino, a white tiger, or an albino elephant or something, they're revered, but not in Africa in the human population. Well, the scary part is is they are becoming revered, but not in a safe way. People, they believe that albinos have, uh, based on you know, the teachings of these witch doctors, have put in this information saying that, um, you know, the albinos have magical powers in their arms and legs and their hair and their blood. And cannibalism is actually beginning. Buyers from as far as you know, the uh, Democratic Republic of Congo, uh, Kenya, Uganda, they believe the legs, genitals, eyes, and um, the hair of the albinos have these magical powers. And what was so sad in this thing that we saw, I mean, they, they, these people that have survived mutilations, that these people will try to come still, um, still murder the albinos. Sometimes they'll lock the family in the house. And when the people, you know, refuse to give over their albino children, and that's another sad thing, too. They believe, uh, you know, the younger, the better, that the youthful ones have the most powers, just as, you know, uh, when another... like a rattlesnake has the most uh, powerful yeah, venom. Exactly. Well, you know, that the unfortunate thing, how a lot of people, how they believe, you know, a cure for AIDS is if you have uh, sex with pure babies. You know, these things that, uh, unfortunately, if it either kills the child or, or transmits these disease onto them. It's simply not true. And these people are coming, murdering, um, almost, you know, almost, it really is they're poaching these people. If they're not, oftentimes they're not taking the entire body, that they will come in the middle of the night, they will cut off their arms, their legs, their heads, leaving, you know, just as if when someone finds a poached animal, that the tusks have been removed, the shells, the arms, just slaughtering these people. 
Um, and the, the horrible thing is people are paying, I, I'm not sure what it translates over to, it's 2 million shillings. I think that's only like $1,200 or something translated into American money. But still, it, especially in such an impoverished area as, as Africa, that's so much money. And, and uh, what's yeah. also happening, Heather, isn't aren't sometimes family members turning in their brothers it, or their it, sisters? Exactly. Or th- exa- and that's the other horrible thing is that greed, you know, poverty, hunger can make people do horrific things. Uh, that they that they're willing to you know sell their cousin, their daughter, their baby, their father, you know things like that. You know, turn let the you know let these poacher people know. You know, almost working with them and say, you know, you give me, I'll give you, you know, I'll make sure that my albino cousin will be alone, and you can um, murder them, you know, and have the certain money, you know, and other people, unfortunately, that try to stand up for their neighbors or their friends or their relatives, uh, they are either being murdered as well or, um, you know, they're being attacked and slaughtered. And, um, you know, the government has, there's been a little, you know, talk of them trying to make changes, but not much has happened. Um, you know, there's different organizations going. We saw, you know, the, in the uh, undercover, um, the woman that uh, was going undercover and, and seeing, you know, pretending that she wanted to buy someone and seeing how easy it was, you know, the price of a life. And there's actually this Canadian foundation um, called Under the Same Sun that helps set up refuges there. And um, it, it was just so saddening. You know, are and they setting things, up refugee camps? Setting up refugee camps. Are they, like, are they actually protected when they go well, in there? Because from what I had understood is even if an albino survives an attack, very often, because they're not dead, there might be some other part of them that somebody else wants to purchase, and some, then they're poached upon again, so they're never exactly. really safe. And the, and the thing that it's just so disgusting of is what you would think in today's world that even, I mean, it's, it's just as we still see, you know, racism or, or people that uh, hate against others for their sexualities. Um, it's uh, just putting a price on it. It, it was such... It, it, completely made me think of the genocide of, um, you know, in the Jewish people, of Hitler, of how people, you know, they, how they would do these horrible experiments um, on the Jewish community and, and how people just seem to believe that because they were Jewish, they, had, they were less of a value or certain aspects of them had, um, you know, magical power. It was just so saddening and disgusting. And I felt like, how did I not know this was going on in the world? And then when, you know, we kind of, before they brought the next part, we're saying, you know, God, in America, I, I think, you know, I, I remember saying, I think I, there was one kid I went to school with, but I mean, those thoughts would never have crossed anyone's mind. And then they brought it back over to America and saying how it's very different here, that there is, that there is a, still a large, large community um, of, of albinos in America but the di- the breed of hate is different. The people aren't murdering these people and trying to get the. It's especially in the youth of how we've always discussed how kids are cruel, and they talked, you know, showed these kids how difficult life was, you know, being different. That kids, you know, they see you as something else, and it's scary to them. And they showcased these three children 
uh, one was uh, this girl who was gorgeous and almost in that odd way, and she became a model. She's one of the first albino models. And especially in the modeling world, you know, kind of unique and very different is very wanted. And to have something, so she took, as a child, she was saying she was always teased, that she had to drop out of a normal school, do homeschooling, and and was actually in a program. There's programs that for kids that it's almost viewed as, you know, a special need or something. And that she was, you know, incredibly smart, that it wasn't that academically or she had a learning disorder. It was simply based on the color of her skin. And, they and turned some, it into a plus. Is what yeah, exactly. Done. And um, and just and something that was sad, but too, another girl went under this uh, transformation. Where you know, getting it was as simple as one trait with albinos is you know they have extremely blonde hair, blue eyes, or they just the skin. I mean, the hair on their skin is so bleached blonde, and so she got her hair dyed brown and. And her eyelashes dark, you know, all these kinds, just little things, and transferred to a new school and suddenly had all these friends. And and she felt like now, you know, she fit she fit better in. And, and you it know, it's just, interesting, isn't it, that, that um, just making that little bit of a change helped her fit in. But this is something that we're putting up with, the intolerance and the superstitions in many, many different ways, I think, around the the world as far as um, uh, as far as prejudice goes because look at as recent well and we still have problems with it here with the prejudice that was against the black population and the whole Ku Klux Klan etc and you know I mean we are come we've come a long way but we have so much further to go and I, I feel you know our most recent one is though. You know, that we did, uh, you know, that finally African Americans are able to vote and marry. I mean, things that we look back and it's, it's shameful, I feel, that our country once believed these things, that we had slavery, that we viewed people as less of a human. And I feel though there's still much, um, racial intolerance in this country and that there is still racism and hate very well alive. That it's, uh, you know, I think it's a fantastic and amazing that we have the first African American president and I hope you know, so many people that, you know, I used to have such a different perspective. I really feel our current president has really opened their mind to that, and they, a lot of people aren't even seeing him as the color of his skin. I feel the current thing in our country, what, what we're experiencing the most prejudice, is based on sexuality. Um, for me particularly, working in a health clinic where, you know, I see people of, of all forms of sexuality, and they're here, you know, it's again, they are still, whether they are black, white, Latino, yellow, orange, purple, it doesn't matter. Everyone is a human being, whether how you say it. And um, I have a lot of youth kids come in, you know, that talking about sexuality, of that if they are not um, heterosexual, their family may fit perfectly. Their family may be well-known and successful, but because of their sexuality and they're aware of what they really are, they feel scared. They feel closet. They know they'll, if in one second... Um, you know, they can lose it all because they don't feel safe. They feel right, and especially with transgender. And in the new book that we wrote, Be the Star You Are for Teens, there's a full chapter called The Gift of Acceptance. And in that book, we talk about uh, intolerance, and we talk about learning to be accepting. And we have quite a bit of information for people who might be going through any kind of prejudice, or any kind of discrimination with phone numbers to call and websites to visit. 
and it's, uh, especially if you are transgender or homosexual or lesbian or you have any other kinds of issues in there, you check out the gift of acceptance and be the star you are. You can go to be the star you are dot com and you'll find a lot of information. Or if you're just being bullied in any way, shape, or form, because that's another issue. We could have a whole hour on that. Well, Heather, wonderful uh, research and data on albinoism, and I think it's really important that we are more aware of what is going on in the world and realize that we are that people are still suffering and being slaughtered. So would you give out websites so people can find out more information? Most definitely. We want you to check out BeTheStarYouAre.org, BeTheStarYouAre.com, as well as MySpace.com forward slash Carmony Clutches, both with a K. Well, thank you so much for all of that information. When we come back from break, we're going to go into the garden and learn to grow your own. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And this is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be back in a bit. Stay with us. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations. With personalized sessions by phone or in person, you'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com. CynthiaBryan.com. You can be the star you are. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. I want to give you a few humor how-tos. You know Joe Goodman, the founder of the Humor Project? He advises that there are thousands of ways to invite smiles and laughter into the workplace besides just telling jokes. You can hang posters with lighthearted messages. If you're in an office, you can use humor as a tool for communication. Make sure your humor is tasteful and appropriate for the environment and the audience. Offer rewards to employees for adding more laughter and joy to your organization. Humor is a powerful way to open doors, minds, and hearts. And as Victor Borgia said, a smile is the shortest distance between two people. Creativity and humor go hand in hand. Humor adds to your bottom line. I'm sending you smiles across the miles. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with a business bite from Star Style Productions. For coaching and consultations, visit star-style.com or call 925-377-7827. God says it rains good and bad on the Christian just as it rains on the non-Christian. We're all guaranteed a little of life's madness. Some of you have a deeper degree of madness than others. Let Walking Through the Madness with host Maia J help you with that madness. By watching others and experiencing the issues firsthand, Maia J is here to bring a method to your madness. So bring the madness on, whether it's money, love, sickness, family, or life. Walking Through the Madness broadcasts live every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. 
where the world comes to talk. You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the star you are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll free at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at be the star you are.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Well, thank you for staying with us and staying tuned right here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be the Star You Are for Teens, the new book that benefits the charity. It is for teens, by teens, and with teens to order your autographed copy, a great gift for every Teen, teacher, parent, grandparent, mentor, on your list, visit BeTheStarYouAre.com. BeTheStarYouAre.com. This is from Dale Carnegie, who was a quite acclaimed educator. One of the tragic things I know about human nature is that all of us tend to put off living. We are all dreaming of some magical rose garden over the horizon instead of enjoying the roses that are blooming outside our windows today. Well, how true that is and how that segues right into our segment, because I want to talk today about how we can grow our own gardens and how we can be sustainable. But before I do, we are coming into the Thanksgiving season, and I have a couple of announcements. First of all, I want to give my gratitude to all of you listeners out there who have been very loyal since 1998 when we first came on the air as well as to all the donors of Be The Star You Are, who especially this year have helped us to celebrate our 10-year anniversary. And if you would like to make a donation to Be The Star You Are to keep the radio show on the air or to get books to any cause or school of your choice, please visit the website, BeTheStarYouAre.org, or you can get to it from the radio station here and make a donation because everything counts and everyone counts. And for a donation of $99, we will ship $500 or $600 or more of brand new books to a cause of your choice. And speaking of literacy, which is what we are all about, is increasing literacy, decreasing violence, making, um, helping you have improved positive messages through our media programming and, of course, Tools for Living. Starting next week is the 6th Annual National Essay Contest. This year it is sponsored by William Gladstone and his novel, The Twelve, which is heralded as the true story of 2012. You see the movie coming out, read the book, 12thebook.com. You'll get a whole different idea. It might be a little bit more enlightening. Now, the essay contest, if you'd like to enter, again, go to the website, bethestarur.org. And this year, our topic is going to be, who is your role model and your mentor, and in what ways has this person changed your life for the better? The prize is $100, plus a guest appearance on this nationally syndicated radio show, as well as a publication 
And you'll also get published in the Star Searchers Express newsletter that goes out, and you get a copy of the 12. So there will be other uh, gifts as well. But you think about what you want to write about. And the great thing about this contest, you, uh, the stories just need to be between 300 and 600 words, so it's like half a page, and you can send them by email and attachment to the charity, org. So this is really exciting. Get started on writing about your role models and visit org. And we thank Bill Gladstone and his novel, The Twelve, for being a sponsor. This is quite exciting. Well, a garden is to grow, and I have been working on gardening videos this entire week as I'm in the planning stages of writing a new book, a gardening book. And as you all know, from listening to me here, I am definitely a major garden. I look at gardening as a metaphor for life, and I write the column Digging Deep, and we're always trying to get deeper into who we are, but I think being connected with nature is so important. But the question I ask myself always is, why aren't we all creating a garden of eating? And yes, you did hear me right. I'm saying eating as an E-A-T-I-N-G, not a garden of eating, a garden of eating. But a garden of eating can be a garden of eating because eating local starts right in your backyard or on your porch or on your windowsill. So if you would like to eat fresh and be healthy, it has taken root across our country, and the chances are very probable that already you are learning to, to dine in restaurants that boast fresh foods. Maybe you shop at local farmer's markets. Maybe you already grow a handful of herbs in a pot on your windowsill, or maybe you actually have a garden. And if not, what is the next step? Do you live in a neighborhood or a city where there might be a community garden and you can get one started if there isn't a community garden? Having fresh vegetables is really the key to health. And what's very exciting is we can really plant all year long. Now, this month you'll want to start getting a few things in because it's really easy to grow Swiss chard and broccoli and lettuce and potatoes and to get a few things in that are going to help you just have some really nourishing and filled with vitamin food throughout the next several months, and especially throughout the winter months. So what are a couple of suggestions? You know, you may want to, if you have a space, you can even just have sort of a big planter box, but you could plant, start some broccoli and sprinkle some lettuce seeds near the broccoli, and as the broccoli grows up and, and you water the seeds, the, the broccoli will shade the lettuce, and you can just keep clipping it, and you'll have some nice, delicate lettuce that will be fresh and very nutritious to add to your salad. We call this interplanting, when you plant things together. So that's a really good thing to do. You know, and you can plant pretty much all year long. It if, if, depends what climate you're in across the United States. And, of course, in the world we have different microclimates. But you can always start plants, et cetera, indoors. So in November and December and January, you want to get in some peas, Swiss chard and lettuces, as I said, and anything in the cabbage family. You may want to plant some fava beans or some onions or radicchio and definitely get in your shallots and your garlic now. None of these are deep rooters, 
So you can put them in something that isn't so deep, and you can plant many different things in just a pot if you have a small, small space. As, uh, as time goes on, you might want to, uh, you could start it in like February or March, and you may have to start it indoors depending on what part of the country you're in. That's when you could start some eggplant and your leeks and your chili peppers and your cilantro, uh, rhubarb. I don't usually plant my tomatoes until, again, I'm in California, till the end of April or beginning of May because I find that they seem to be a bit stilted. But the thing about it is is to start planting something. Now, herbs you can have all year long. And one of the things I love about it is I keep pots. I have my, a pot of basil just right outside my kitchen door and a pot of parsley. And I have t- uh, two different kinds of parsley. I have a curly leaf. I have an Italian parsley. And the more I clip it, the better they grow. Also, sage is such an easy, easy plant to grow, and it is a perennial. So uh, at this time of the year, the sage is doing really well, and you'll be able to use that in a lot of your cooking. You can also make a tease uh, from some of these things. And uh, talk about keeping you healthy. One of the favorite teas that I make that really is helps with flu season, and last week we were talking about flu season, is uh, if you grow any lemon or a citrus uh, tree, I have a Meyer lemon, which I really love, and I pick the leaves and the, and the lemons, and I use the rinds, the lemons, and the leaves, and I boil hot water, I tear the leaves, put it all in a teapot, do some shavings of fresh ginger. I don't grow the ginger, but if you were in Hawaii or something, you probably could grow the ginger. Add fresh ginger into it, and I do grow mint. Uh, most people can grow mint. Make sure you grow mint in a container because it's one of those plants that will absolutely take over. You throw a, piece, a few pieces of mint in there and add honey to taste, and I'm telling you, if you're not feeling well, it really helps. It clears your throat. It helps your sinuses, and it, it clears, uh, gets your fever down, too. It's also something that I've always used in the entertainment industry whenever I was going to be on a television or radio show, and I coach my clients to do the same. So that's sort of a really good tip if you are interested in having a really delicious tea that's good for you. And if you don't grow lemons, but you might have tangerines or you might have oranges, or if you have to buy them, just wash them carefully and then use them that way. Well, what are some of the things that you probably are going to want to do this month in the dirt? Is you want to get everything cleared up. You know, the the leaves have fallen and lots of leaves might have some kind of disease on it. So it's pretty good idea to always rake everything up. I'm a big believer in composting. And if you do have a compost bin, if not, you can use a bucket. If not, you can have a pile. You can put anything that's not diseased into the compost bin, and that can be grass clippings, leaves, coffee grinds, tea bags, even food scraps as long as it's not meat-oriented. Otherwise, you'll get the raccoons, et cetera. And, as, and that will really, if you, if you want to run over it with your lawnmower, that will help you to put a ground cover on your dirt for the months ahead, whether it be in the summer months or even the winter months, to give a nice mulch. So you'll want to also uh, clear away any of your, your clay pots. You want to get them cleaned up. And, you know, if you have nursery flats, lots of nurseries now will recycle their flats or those plastic pots. So 
don't throw them away. Ask if you can bring them back. And you'll have to get ready for the snails and the insects, you know, that and the slugs that are going to be coming with the wet months ahead. I tend to put out uh, little pails of beer, <laughs> which they climb into. And as I've said on other shows, they're not going there actually to get drunk. They go in there because they um, they that something in the hops they're attracted to it. But of course, they drown, so they probably have a, a nice uh, drowning because they do get drunk in that. Now, this is the time of year that it's time for you to plant your bulbs. If you are in an area that's really cold and the ground is cold, you can go ahead and plant your tulips and hyacinths right directly into the ground. If not, they really need to be refrigerated for at least six weeks because you need to have them go dormant. But now is the time to plant your freesias and your narcissus and your ranunculus and your skilla. So uh, get all the different bulbs in. If you're in an area that you have a temperate winter, you could probably plant all the way till January. It's so interesting. I can look out of my door, and already I have my jonquils are blooming. I don't know what's going on, but they're a little off-season. They actually started in October, but I love the smell, so I can bring them indoor. If you want to force bulbs, you can prepare hyacinths and paper white narcissus bulbs, and you can bring them inside and put them in uh, either uh, water or put them in a, a kind of uh, potting soil, and you can force them so that they'll bloom earlier. Don't forget about frost detection. You know, you can, there's a product out there called Cloud Cover, which if you do get frost or freeze in your area, you may want to spray the plants if it's not too, too in-depth, if it's if it is a severe frost, you'll want to start covering things now, just like you cover your pipes, you know, with some kind of uh, either cloth or a plastic or a neoprene. You'll want to put a plastic around any plants or cloth around plants that are going to freeze because some of them, it, they will die back. And if branches die back, don't prune them. Just leave it until the springtime. Now, before the soil becomes too rain-soaked, make sure that you get it prepared uh, by planting um, things now, and then it's great to put a layer of mulch on top of it, whether that will be wood bark or you can even put gravel. And you might want to, for your vegetable garden, is it's good to put a cover crop in. You might want to put peas or beans, which would add a lot of nitrogen to the soil so when springtime comes, that you will be able to uh, have a really great vegetable garden. And, you know, you could set out starts now um, for a vegetable garden if you'd like, and you can even do, you can do a vegetable garden anywhere. I was reading recently where somebody just had a small postage stamp yard in the front yard, and they put their vegetables there, and they put uh, their kales and cabbages and and uh, they just—they were decorative. Keep in mind that uh, kales and cabbages are very, very pretty plants, especially in the winter months. So that's a, a good thing to plant, and you can also eat it. And you want to decorate with your garden things. So you can set out your full-grown winter-blooming flowers, such as your cyclamen and your chrysanthemums and your calendulas, your candy tufts, your cineraris, you know, your dianthus, um, Iceland poppies. And one of my favorite pansies, the name doesn't do it justice, but plant them now and plant them in planter boxes and decorative containers so that you can have a prominent place to keep some joy in your house 
when it is getting gloom. You know, I call it putting the bloom on the gloom. I'm not much of a winter person, so I need lots of flowers and vegetables and herbs around me. So I hope that you'll think about creating your own garden of eating and having a healthy, happy garden and bringing plants inside because, remember, they're a wonderful air, air filter. Now, when we come back from break, we're going to be talking to Rusev Grissom, and he has a book that's called Dirt is Good for You, Being a Dirt Gardener That I Am. I love the title, but this book is really about true stories of surviving parenthood from the editors of the popular website, Babbel.com. Stay with me. I'm Cynthia Bryan. I will be back in a minute. You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a changemaker when you dare to care by supporting Be The Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Be the star you are.org. Is your sexual relationship satisfying? Do you have a nagging question about sex and you can't find the answer? Tune into Sex in Our Cities with hosts Donna Kane Francis and Robin Potter Kimball. Two advanced practice registered nurses are here to answer all of your questions about sex and relationships. Each issue will be presented in an objective, unbiased perspective designed to educate and empower you to make healthy decisions and bring about change in your life. Sex in Our Cities is broadcast live Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll free at 1 866 613 1612. That's 1 866 613 1612. Or send an email to info at be the star you are.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Well, again, thank you so much for being the stars you are and staying with us here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. It's always a privilege to talk with you on, on this show where the world comes to talk. And before we talk to our next guest, about the book Dirt is Good for You. I just wanted to I'll let you know about the Be the Star You Are t-shirts that say Read, Lead, Succeed. You can find them at the website com, 
And while you're there, pick up a copy of the brand-new book, Be the Star You Are for Teens, Simple Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, Learning, and Leading. It's for teens, by teens, and with teens. So the perfect gift, bethestarur.com. Pick up your T-shirt and a book. Well, the book, Dirt is Good for You, is true stories of surviving parenthood. And anybody who is a parent wondered from time to time, can we do it? What did I get myself into? And how did this happen in the first place? Well, Rusev Griscom is the founder and creator of, or co-creator of the very popular website, Babbel.com. And he's created this anthology of these true stories for surviving parenthood. And actually, the editors of Babbel.com have participated. Dirt is good for you. Welcome, Rufus, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. Well, it's so fun. Your title, I love the title because when I was growing up, when I was a kid, uh, I grew up on a farm, and we were always told dirt was good for us. In fact, there was no such thing as dirty dirt. There was only clean dirt. So we routinely ate the mud pies. We <laughs> so this is like the perfect title. It's definitely very catchy. Tell us about uh, your starting Babbel.com because it seems like it was quite a little bit of a journey of you just couldn't find uh, resources out there that were addressing kind of the bad parenting things. <clears throat> that, well, that's true. Yeah, when uh, my wife and I had, had, a, had our first little boy about four and a half years ago and we looked around at, at the at the at the parenting magazines and the websites and there were all these kind of happy pictures of mother and daughter baking cookies in the kitchen with the sun streaming in and we thought well that's great and that happens once in a while in our household but that's not really a picture of what our life is like you know it's uh it's a it's really challenging as it turns out being a parent it's often very funny it's a very intense human experience and we don't see any of that coming through in these other, you know, websites and magazines. So, so we created Babel. Well, and it's just taken on a life of its own, hasn't it? I mean, it is. You have everything on there from pregnancy, babies, toddlers, kid features, blogs, even names. I mean, you can you can figure out what is the most popular name, and it's so funny now the names that that you have on there. How often we hear them, and they change all the time. So what have you found with, uh, with the moms and dads and all the people that are writing in now and contributing uh, to the blogs? Is there anything that sticks out in your mind of like the one, something that everybody seems to be encountering? Well, yeah, there, I mean, there are a lot of, you know, there are a number of kind of, 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 kind of big issues that come up. But, you know, the, the big thing that we find is that, is that I, think, I think a lot of parents of our generation are kind of stressed out. There, I think there's a lot of performance anxiety among parents today. Are we doing it good enough? Are we doing the right things? I think it's a it's a challenging time to be a parent. There are five different opinions about everything, um, and I think a lot of the professionalism of the workplace. People are brought home. You know, quarter, there's a sense you would have quarterly reviews, or or you know, and I think parents second guess themselves more than they used to 20 or 30 years ago when you just call your mother or your family doctor, and that was it. Well, um, you know, you're so right in your stories in here. First of all, some of them are just so funny. And as I'm reading the stories, you're, I'm just, you laugh, you know, you're laughing because you see yourself in it. But, you know, you brought uh, one of the stories I was reading was talking about how th- there was a stay-at-home dad and 
the very power uh, woman who was in the publishing industry, but she started, you know, kind of going over to both sides on how, gosh, she was missing out on home, but she was the power woman at um, at work, and then her husband was doing a good job, but he was putting, he was serving cereal for breakfast, I mean, uh, cereal for dinner, and I think what, what you just said makes so much sense, like when I read these stories, is that 30 years ago, or 40 years ago, women were had their place, men had their place. Today, all the lines are blurred, and as you so said, is there is, somebody has an opinion on what is right and what is wrong, and it's really hard not to know if you're doing it right or doing it wrong. Just like your first story opening up about breastfeeding and the, you know, going on breastfeeding for until the baby decides to wean itself. You can have pros and cons on either side. That's true. Yeah, though the, the first story you you made reference to is is titled "You Made Cereal for Dinner." Right. How I, how I came to resent my stay-at-home husband and how we got over it. And yeah, this, this was a this was a mom who. Uh, who was uh, who had a husband who was staying at home watching the kids, and then she'd get home and find she had to do everything. Well, I thought he, what he, was funny is that he was a chef. You know, right. that, that was his profession as a chef, but he was serving cereal or making a cereal bar because he's so exhausted. <laughs> exactly. Now, there's, a, there's, another, there's another story in here about a mom who every day um, in the morning she put her kids' clothes in the dryer so that they would wake, so they'd put on warm clothes. Well, and I laughed at that one because her fear was: is she going? Is she becoming making the, her boys? Her her children were boys. Are she making them mama's boys? And she could imagine that one day they're going to grow up and be thirty and get married and want their wife to warm their clothes. That's right. That's right. Exactly. And they said. And they said to her at one point when she couldn't heat up the clothes. Mom, I can't put these on. These clothes are cold. You know, and she realized she realized she was she was maybe spoiling her kids. Well, and I believe it was that same story where the, um, everyone thought that she was going to be the bad cop in the relationship because her husband was very right. easygoing and she was just kind of a diehard businesswoman. But when it came to her kids, her heart melted. And I, this is to me what Babble dot com really it serves the purpose, and your book Dirt is good for you. True stories of surviving parenthood is so incredibly astute. It's because there is no right or wrong. What right. I think we're trying to get, you're trying to say, and what you're just trying to give people a forum to get their feelings out there. Uh, you know, another story in there, the supersize me talking about this healthy mom who wants to feed her children healthy food, but just Signs that McDonald's is like the most friendly place to be, and why is it these days that we feel guilty if we are not doing the quote unquote all you know check the list and making doing everything correctly? If your kid isn't talking, you know, by the time it's nine months old, something's the matter. But that's not the case, you know. We we just have to do it our own way. That's right, and that's and we hope that's what people walk away from when they read this. I mean, as you say, like the stories in this book are very human. They're very funny. You know, a lot of a lot of kind of a wide range of parent experiences. But we hope people walk away from it and say the message really is: it's okay to relax a little bit more. Parenting is not a competitive sport, um, and you know, and other people are struggling with some of the same things you are. And, you know, uh, I also thought it was very interesting that although it's a very contemporary book and very contemporary stories, 
of how many things actually go throughout the ages. For example, many of the writers refer to one of their children's favorite books as being Goodnight Moon. Well, I remember that being my favorite book, and it was my children's favorite book. Yep, yep. So there's certain, there are certain things in parenting that go throughout the ages that kids, no matter what, seem to be drawn to. And maybe what we have to do as parents is just let go and let let the kids dictate how we're going to raise them a bit more. Go with what your gut says is the right thing, whether you're going to homeschool them or send them to school. Anything can go as long as you're, you're helping your kids, as you say, in Dirt is Good for You. You want them to grow into healthy, happy, and curious adults. Yeah, I, I, I think that's right. And, um, yeah, I mean, dirt, dirt has minerals and <laughs> all it sorts of good things. It certainly does. And, and I think, actually, and I think this generation of parents is actually one, a great generation of parents. Even though we're hard on ourselves, uh, you know, fathers are spending more time with their children than fathers did a generation ago. Yeah, talk about that. That was a, a statistic. You were saying that it's like it's a very high number because uh, fathers were pretty non-existent many years ago. This is really fascinating how men and women are both equally involved. I love that idea. Yeah, I think that's right. I think, you know, I think there's a lot of um, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of uncertainty and guilt because things are changing so fast. There's so many, you know, different opinions and we're learning a lot more about maybe not just letting kids, you know, putting kids down the hallway and letting them scream for 5 hours. You know, you know there are a lot of there are a lot of a lot of new uh, new things we're learning about how to raise kids and and um, you know it, it's so in, in that way it's a challenging time but it's uh, um, but yeah at the end of the day you know it's 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 uh, as long as you love your kids they're gonna they're gonna be fine. Um, you know, and then I think that's what comes out of the book. We are talking. To uh, Rufus, his book is Dirt is Good for You. It's true stories of surviving parenthood. Tell us a little bit about the writers in the book, it's because most of these are published uh, published authors, and most of them are professional writers. I'm, I know you probably have quite a few there on the on your blogs that are just blogging in, but these are just such well written stories. Are do uh, did you recruit people? Did they just find you? How did that all come to be? You know, once we, we, we certainly at the outset, when we launched Babel about three years ago, we, we did reach out to a lot of our favorite writers. And, um, you know, like, like uh, one writer who I, who I uh, always, have always liked, Walter Kern, who wrote the, a book called Thumbsucker that became a movie, and he's written a lot of great, great, great books and articles, um, wrote, a, wrote a piece for us about, um, uh, about his children encountering... Um, he lives on a ranch in Montana, and his kid, his kids would encounter dead animals on the ranch and grappling with that uh, and the fears involved. And it was such a moving piece; it brought me to tears, you know. And then there's other stuff that's very funny. But yeah, the writers are so the writers range from very accomplished uh, writers who we reached out to, and then once the our, so this is all the it's a collection of a column on Babel called Bad Parents. It's all about you know parents kind of confess, confessing ways in which they might have been less than perfect. And that was one of your most uh, popular columns, right? It was the column took off, you know, huge numbers of comments, great discussions, and then once the column got out there, we just started getting dozens and dozens of, of submissions every week, which we continue to get. Um, because everybody has a story, <laughs> you know, and so we and so there's also a lot of stories here from, you know, from regular moms and dads who were not a- accomplished writers, 
Um, so it's a nice, nice mix. It's a, it is a wonderful, wonderful mix. And this is something that you and your wife uh, worked on as well as the editors of Babbel.com who were able to put it together. Was it difficult uh, selecting which stories would make it into the book? It was hard. It was hard to pick them, but we have one of the things we talk about here in the, in the Babel offices is, is the, the would I forward this to five friends factor. You know, if you, if, if you read this story online, would you, would you forward it to five friends immediately? And that's what we look for, and, and, and also a nice range of, of experiences. Well, you know, what I really appreciated about your book, Rufus, is that there, there were so many sides to many issues. You know, there's a story in there about, hey, what's wrong with having six kids? I want lots of kids, and then there's, I wasn't totally happy to turn up pregnant a third time. You know, I mean... There's like the not so happy accident, and yes, give me more. And I think that is that is sort of what the crutch of what Babel's about is how we're all grappling with living in today's very hectic modern society and helping our kids be the best they can be. And, and we also we also try to try to find uh, writers who are willing to say things that you're not allowed to say, like you're not allowed to say I wanted a girl but I got a boy. Right. And someone wrote that piece. And you're not allowed to say, I had a voluntary C-section, and I'm not apologizing for it. Or I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap. (laughs) That's right. Somebody washed out their kid's mouth out with soap. Or I didn't fall head over heels in love with my child the first moment he or she was put in my arms in the hospital. Yeah. Which, which was yeah. an experience that I had. I, I, I was, it was a very powerful moment. It was memorable, it was, but it was, it was kind of surreal. But I just fall more and more in love with my son every single day. And it's, it, it wasn't like I was hit with a Mack truck of love on day one. Well, it's you know what I think you're thing. doing? Uh, you're giving people permission to be who they are and not to apologize for anything that they are or are not doing because... Having a child just is, and that we know we really weren't given instruction manuals when we first decided, and probably Babbel.com is as close as you're going to get to getting a good general overview of what you could do and how to be a good parent, a bad parent, or anything in between. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, listen, you're, you, you can always get a job with us. You've, oh, you've right. The, I'm looking for one. That sounds head. good. <laughs> Well, let's get back to your, your website. It's Babbel.com. The name of the book is Dirt is Good for You, True Stories of Surviving Parenthood from the editors of the popular website Babbel.com. And we've been speaking to Rufus Griscom, where he and his wife founded this. It is just a fun book. And as a writer, I love these uh, kinds of stories. I mean, these are it's just so much fun to, to read them. And I love reading anything that's true stories when people are bearing all... So, Rufus, way to go. Thank you so much for being on the show. Do you want to share a last thought? Uh, thank you so much, and, and thank you for, and thank you so, thank you for uh, directing everybody to our site, and uh, we, we, we really appreciate it. All right. Well, babble.com. Go there and get your babble on. Rufus Griscom, you've been listening to Cynthia Bryan on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I want to thank all of you for being great listeners, and being dedicated to being with me every week right here on Star Style. For more information, go to be the star you are.org if you want information on the charity. For our new book, Be the Star You Are for Teens, Simple Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, Learning, and Leading, 
It's not exactly toddlers, but those toddlers become teens. So check it out. Be the star you are. Got dot com. Be the star you are. Dot com. Don't forget about our essay contest coming up this week. And we hope that you are having a healthy, happy time. Go out and dig in the dirt. And remember that dirt is good for you. I'm Cynthia Bryan, and this is Star Style, reminding you, be the star you are. We'll be together next week. Thanks for joining me. Thanks again for listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. For more information about Be the Star You Are nonprofit corporation, please visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. That's BeTheStarYouAre.org. Join Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, here on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember, to be a leader, you must be a reader. Enjoy a stellar week. You're a seeker.